Welcome to What's Working in Washington. I'm Jonathan Aberman. Today, the latest in social entrepreneurship. Uh, Vertical Farms is basically hydroponics. It's growing growing plants that are out for sale. And it provides a, a, a jobs creation, provides training, it provides therapeutic, but it also provides a bottom line gain, which helps offset some of the cuts in government funding that's going to be created. The not-for-profit sector in this region is very large. The interplay between commercial and social venturing is much more often than you would expect. Russ Snyder is president and CEO of Volunteers America Chesapeake. He's going to join us to talk about his career as a private sector and now a not-for-profit CEO. And Volunteers America, the largest not-for-profit you've probably never heard about. Russ, thanks for joining us. Thanks, Jonathan. Glad to be here. Volunteers America, but a billion dollars a year in programs. I don't know many Americans really know what it does. What does Volunteers America do here locally and nationally? Well, Volunteers America was was formed in 1896 by social reformers Maud and Ballington Booth and in essence, it's a, a large uh, church without walls social service organization that builds affordable housing throughout the United States, uh, serving 2.5 million people and in 46 different states and 400 communities. It's a large organization that, that really helps people, meets people where they are, and helps them get back on their feet again, whether it's somebody that has a dependency issue, somebody that's getting out of, and returning uh, to the out of the prison system, and or it's uh, somebody that's homeless. We help them get services and then from there get out of the system get them back into housing get them employed so they are a abiding citizen once again and makes them successful and this is an organization that doesn't just take money from the federal government also gets money from private donors as well right? yeah about 10 percent of all of our revenue throughout our entire system comes from private foundations uh, individual gifts um, bequests etc but we really really try and um, minimize and limit the amount of government funding but Frankly, there is a lot of government funding that does help us uh, get those folks back on their feet again. Do you find that, um, and this is where I want to touch in your your commercial background, do you find that these days more and more CEOs of not-for-profits have to be entrepreneurial in how they approach their jobs? Oh, totally. Uh, you know, based on what's happening with the admin- new administration, uh, a lot of us are thinking about different ways to create um, alternative earned income or other revenue sources. And some of those things are through social enterprises like vertical farms. Uh, vertical farms is basically hydroponics. It's growing growing plants that are out for sale. And it provides a, a, a jobs creation, provides training, it provides therapeutic, but it also provides a bottom line gain, which helps offset some of the cuts in government funding that's going to be created. Other things like housing, affordable housing, and and providing uh, that, that developers' fees, which are in, earned income, which, which help the nonprofit not rely so much on that government funding, but really, really creates a business opportunity for us. Do you get the sense that when you talk with people, the not-for-profit sector, that there's resistance to this this new reality or are people uh, embracing that nobody's just going to hand you money right now? It's a tough world. Yeah, a lot, a lot of what we do, uh, my colleagues do around this region are really figure out how to present that business case to the local officials, the local government officials to, to provide a social service that's going to basically save them money. So, for example, uh, rather than continuing to use taxpayer dollars to help in a substance abuse program, we'll create a, a, a system in place which will create more cost efficiencies and, and help those individuals that are going through that program uh, really get back on their feet quicker, which keeps them out of emergency rooms, keeps them out of uh, readmissions in the hospitals, where, where there's a lot of 
funding that's currently going that's being subsidized through Medicaid, through other areas. So our job is really to prevent present that business case where we can lower the local community's costs or the local hospital costs to be able to then provide the service, get the folks back um, on their feet again, stable and, and you know, back to doing what they should be doing. So what are some of the examples in the, in our region, the D.C. region, of, of programs that you're involved in right now that maybe some of our citizens aren't aware of but are touching their lives daily? Yeah, a lot of what we're doing as Volunteers America Chesapeake is looking for opportunities where a homeless shelter, as an example, has been operating for 25, 30 years. And we're just trying to think out of the box and how we can – provide a, a more impactful community solution where that homeless shelters is a community center. It's a community center where it can create a multi-generational type of culture, uh, culture or, or, or center where folks can come in from the community, gain services, and live um, in a mixed income type environment. So it's really bringing the community uh, together, providing this this resource, which is going to provide you know employment services. It's gonna it's gonna provide housing assistance. It's gonna create financial literacy programs. Those type of programs, those type of resources, are what we're trying to develop around our housing projects. When I've talked with other folks that are involved in social venturing uh, around these type of issues, an observation that they've made to me is that our region is very segmented, that if you don't live within a part of the community where these type of issues occur, they're largely invisible. Do you think that that's so? And if so, what do we need to do to knit it together more as a region to truly get more resources and promote, I don't know, equal equal opportunity for people? Yeah, it's a it's a great great question. Really, um, what we do as nonprofits is is really look at those social justice type of things and how do we create equality, whether it's income diversity disparity or whether it's um, you know uh, folks that are in, in poverty. How do we give them those 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 opportunities to to be aligned and have more more service opportunities or more opportunities for housing affordable housing and really what i think's needed is that our the community the nonprofit communities we need to work together more and a great example of this is back when the department of housing and urban De- De- development cut their funding dramatically back in the 2009-2010 uh, t- time frame and what we were forced as a nonprofit community to take all our services we're providing throughout the United States and figure out a better way to really come up with a unified approach. That unified approach is what's important is that we need to collaborate more. I don't think the nonprofit community over, over time has really, really thought about their strategic partners like the corporate community has done so well. And so that's sort of the next phase in my view is, is to, to provide those resources to provide them without government support or taking the le- less money the government's providing now is to be able to provide um, that community with a collaborative type of approach to a, a care system. A call for action for all of us in the business and the not-for-profit community. The collaboration is a better way to get things done. Russ Snyder, President and CEO of Volunteers of America Chesapeake. It's great to have you. Thanks, Jonathan. We believe there's such a need for authentic information that's positive and useful. You know, there are many, many people here in the D.C. region who get up every day and just get after creating new things and are committed to making our community better. My producer, Tracy Madigan, and I speak with people every day that tell us amazing stories of, that they want to share about the progress they're making, the things that they care about, and why they're proud to be part of the greater Washington community. 
You're going to meet many of them on this show. That's what working in Washington really means to us. Now more than ever, I feel that a positive voice is needed in our society, our communities. We need to make sure that we reach each other and that we work together. You'll be able to find our podcast on iTunes. Let us know what you think. And of course, follow us on Twitter at, at What's Working DC. I'm Jonathan Aberman. Until next time, goodbye. <laughs>